Hey, everybody, we are back with another edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. I'm Chris Jackson, joined here by the legendary Noah Glosson out in the East Bay. It's playoff time in basketball. North Coast section brackets were just released on Sunday morning on Super Bowl Sunday. Central Coast section is going to come out later this week. They're finishing up the regular season. Some leagues are today, so we'll get that coming out soon. But NCS had a lot of stuff go down. Open divisions out. One team that we all probably assumed was going to get in, I'm no, I sure did on Friday when I watched them when at Redwoods won the MCAO title was Branson. Branson left out of the North Coast section open division. First off, Noah, what happened there? What are your thoughts? Maybe why did they miss out? I think one of the reasons is just that the East Bay Athletic League is just ridiculous this year. Uh, coaches uh, have all agreed that they've never seen it at this strength, at this caliber ever. And Branson noted, and they played a great, great season, beat teams like Marin Catholic by 30. They beat Dublin by eight. Um, they did lose a couple of games to Camp Lindo, Clayton Valley, and Redwood, but their resume is strong. They have the keys. They're well coached. Jace Butler is a great two-way guard, one of the best in Northern California. He's got four offers. Symmetri Carr's got a couple offers. They could definitely compete with some of these top teams in the uh, open bracket. And I was surprised when they were left out. I can see a li- sort of why, but I thought they would be- they would sneak in as like a five or six seed. Yeah, I thought they would get in over Dublin, especially because of that head-to-head result. I know there's those losses to Camp Lindo and Clayton Valley. Right now, I know a lot of people still have Branson ranked ahead of those two, at least one of them ranked out of Camp Lindo. I know there's some head-to-head results and all that, but they still beat Dublin, won a league title outright. With what Branson's done and accomplished, and when they won that league title Friday, I thought it was a lock, open division 100%. They would go in there and probably won less EBL teams in that division, and maybe San Juan Valley plays in D2 where it was last year. Maybe Dublin misses out on the open this year. But no, we've got Branson's out of the open division this year, and Playing that's normal division. You've got D3. I know Branson lot of this stuff. Their coaches, players, they all thought it was open division coming right there Friday night at about 8.30 p.m. there at Larks, where they 100% thought asking me open division, right? I thought it was a lot, but apparently different heads prevailed. I'm, I can't tell you what actually goes down in these seating committee meetings. We're not in there. There's no transparency, if I'm being completely honest with you, on when stuff actually gets announced. But Branson, not being the open division, has to probably be my biggest takeaway, at least from the bracket releases, and one of the larger disappointments I can remember. I mean, with that, if you look closer to that loss to Clayton Valley, they were missing George Gale, one of their best forwards, and they did beat him last year in the uh, same tournament. Uh, those two losses were very, very close, um, all by single digits, I believe all by single digits and they played some tough teams. You know, you beat Redwood for the outright title. You beat uh, Dublin and Gridley. The grid, their performance at Gridley was quite impressive. And I thought that alone would get them in. Steve Johnson, great coach, Jace Butler, Smitri Carr, all those pieces play really well together. Good defense. So it was definitely a big letdown that Branson did not get in, but they are going to be in the top scene D3 and they have a bye to start off the playoffs. This is where my thing is though, too, was, how are some of these other teams' resumes considered better than Branson's? That's, that's what my question comes in. I'm not saying their resumes are bad or anything, but I just think Branson had that resume to at least be one of the last two teams made into the Open Division. 
maybe it's just that the EBL is ridiculous this yeah. year. We've never seen it this strength. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, like you said, you ask every coach after the game, pretty much you ask them to, what does it take to win in the EBL? The first word out of a lot of coaches' heads was prayer and just luck. That That's really all it is. It comes down to the last couple of possessions. Like Granada had an amazing tournament run too. A lot of different things happened there. That gets them a better series. They beat Dublin. Kind of cruised by Dublin in the league tournament too. Dublin did have some bigger wins. They beat San Ramon Valley, all of that. Right, Granada had big ones. San Ramon Valley's had some big wins this year too. San Ramon Valley actually beat Granada by a couple of points. So th there's no easy way to do that. The EBAL is clearly the best league in Northern California this year. It's probably the deepest the league's ever been. Top to bottom, you've got six, seven, eight teams that could really win it all in their respective divisions. Tough for Branson, but you got to think Branson's going to make a deep run regardless. And who knows? Let's say they just cruise through their bracket in NCS. Maybe they go up a couple of divisions and get where they believe they belong when it comes to state saving here in a couple of weekends. Yeah. And, and of course, we had that whole incident, that fiasco with the point system. It was first uh, reported in an email by Darren Sabedra of the uh, Bay Area News Group that there was a point system. No one was really informed of this. The coaches were kind of kept in the dark and the this was approved back in November. So there was that whole thing. And after Granada beat De La Salle, De Doherty Valley, they were going to be the top seed regardless of what happened in that EBL championship. But they did prevail 77 to 70 over Granada. Yeah, it, that, that was a tough situation when that leaked too. There were some athletic directors that were not aware that this voting meant that it actually meant like championship stuff. Some thought it meant just all league stuff is what athletic some athletic directors believed. A lot of coaches were kind of shocked by this too. It just kind of left in the dark by it. I guess regardless, no matter what the point system did, it's it all kind of didn't really affect a whole lot in the end. In terms of stuff, because Dave LaSalle still finished with a ton of points, had a great resume. Doherty Valley won the regular season in league tournament titles. So it, it really didn't affect things too much. I would love to see that league get back to a double round robin. I think it just going to every school twice. And I think I also believe it sucks when you can't play your rival twice because that's just such a big thing. But all of us were in high school. You play your cross town rival twice, once at their house, once at your house. You know, it was just something to look forward to. But now you play teams once eight or nine league games and you've also got to add in with that too then that means you got to play like an extra weekend tournament which is extra money a couple extra thousand dollars the team has to pay for for a weekend tournament where they've got to be away out of town from families during the most important time of year thanksgiving christmas maybe eventually they go back to a double round robin but after last year because last year was supposed to be a double round robin too but then COVID happened again. You had some shutdowns, cancellations. You had some of those Sunday games. They just decided we're going to have a league tournament. Then after that season the meeting happened, they decided a league tournament again this year. And then November, it was also passed with the point system. We'll see what happens next year. A lot can change in the next five weeks. And a lot can change, obviously, in the next five months. So maybe something different happens. But that's just the way it goes. Everybody had to make the best out of it. Open division is going to be fun, though, in NCS. But there's some other stuff that we got to talk about. You probably saw the NCS Open Division girls basketball bracket. Piedmont, the number one rated team in the Bay Area, Northern California, 24-0, beat Mitty earlier this year. But not in the Open Division. And the reason why, because Piedmont is a D4 school for this. And when you're not 
divisions one through three, you're not eligible for the open division. So because of that, Piedmont cannot play in the open division when it comes to sectional playoffs. Yes, but they are eligible for the D for the open NorCal playoffs or the regional playoffs. And they've their resume is, is as good as it gets. They've beaten Salesian, the top seed in the NCS open. They've beaten likely the top seed in uh, CCS Division One open in MIDI. Their resume is as good as it gets. Trinity Zamora is a San Diego State bound senior. Natalie Martinez is a great player. Their ball movement is just mesmerizing the way they distribute the ball. Uh, you can just see it on the court that this team is one of the best, if not the best, in Northern California. And if, assuming barring injury, of course, they take care of business in D4, they should be the number one seed in the NorCal Open playoffs. And that probably all sets up Open would be kind of crazy, you would think, with Salesian. Maybe a San Ramon Valley gets back into the Open, depending on what happens in NCS Open. You've got Midi, you've got Piedmont. That could be a really exciting finish out there. Not a whole lot. You got to think looking on paper in terms of competition for Piedmont this year in D4. Right. It's it's not like it would have been in the open division. That's not anything against some of these teams. It's just Piedmont's on a different level this year with Natalia Martinez, Trinity Zamora, as you mentioned, and Eva Livingston's eligible after moving over from Piedmont or to Piedmont before last season. She's been a huge difference maker on the board, scoring the basketball. She's got some D1 opportunities. We'll see where she ends up. Piedmont's got all the pieces, the coaching, the system, the defense, the depth that they haven't had in years past that they could make a run to playing at that Golden One Center in Sacramento about a month from now. Oh, of course. And I think if we're, it looks like it might be on a collision course for Midi and Piedmont, another rematch. You know, Piedmont won the first matchup, but Midi, um, McKenna Blitchko, she's, I don't think we should talk about her as the best freshman in the country. She's one the best players in the country, hands down. But the way she scores, uh, Sue Phillips has coached some amazing players in the likes of Haley Jones and many others. But I don't think many of her um, players have burst onto the scene as a freshman like this. I can't remember any freshman bursting onto the scene like this in my lifetime. I I, I haven't seen one averaging over 20 points a game. Last week, she had, I think, 29 and 24 in back-to-back games, averaging over 20 points a game. She's a freshman. For Mitty in the WCAL for what's been a nationally ranked program entering this year. I I can't remember freshman off the top of my head accomplishing anything like McKenna Willisco has. So I I'm concerned for opposing coaches when it comes to next year with another full offseason under her belt, then junior year and senior year. I, I don't even want to know what she's gonna look like out there over these next three years. Yeah, one of the best uh, players in definitely a top five player in the Bay Area. Uh, hands down she's going to be mcdonald's all-american there's no question about that she's already playing at that caliber right now so i think midi and uh, piedmont girls are going to meet uh, in the norcal open final hopefully and that's going to be a showdown yeah it's going to be one heck of a game to track and follow going forward of course now we say it's a collision course and who knows what actually happens right at playoffs february march a lot of crazy things can happen but on paper at least right now it's looking like those are the top teams in Northern California entering these sectional playoffs and beyond. Now, what are some other things you're looking towards? Other takeaways from brackets, everything else when it comes to NCS basketball playoffs. I think another big matchup is the matchup I'm going to be at on uh, Thursday, Crondelet and Akalani's. Akalani's the five seed. We know they have that tremendous sophomore class, one of the best in Northern California. You've got 
KK Lockinglove, Sophie Chin, Dulcie Vale, so many players and playmakers, good leadership. And they're facing off with Crondelette under Coach Sopak, a great program. You've got Jamie Kent, who's signed to Pacific, uh, Allie Cummins, uh, who's going to NAU. This is going to be a good matchup. It's a flip of a coin, and that's going to be a good game at Crondelette at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Oh, I'm excited to see how that one goes. Noah, you're going to be there on Thursday night there in Concord, right there on Winston Avenue. That should be a heck of a ball game. Who's your favorite in the NCS Open Division for girls? It's tough, but I think given how much they've shocked everyone beating teams like Crondelet, I got to go with San Ramon Valley. I think they're really going to shock everyone and make it to and uh, get out of there with the uh, Vic, with the championship. Yeah, I like what they've got to the way they've grown from game one to now. I think there was the expectation they would beat Sacred Heart Cathedral in that opener at the Marine Catholic Tournament. Well, guess what? Sacred Heart Cathedral has come out and been one of the top teams in Northern California. It's on San Ramon Valley's growth over these last three months. Saw them beat Crondelet. And also, don't forget, NCS last year, Salesian did also lose to San Ramon Valley there, too. I think it's a course where those two teams likely playing the NCAA championship, probably one that comes down to the last three or four minutes. I, I don't think I can pick against San Ramon Valley right now, the way they're playing Sophia Bowes. Just makes all these winning plays here. Chambers, Amanda Kerner, Annika Lupernick. It's They've got a lot of different pieces in the coach. I think that's going to get them over the top. But Salesian is right there with them. And then the Carl Newman team, though, too, looks really good. They're only getting better and better. Abby Mullins, Kate Chat. They're the three seed. And a lot's looking like they could probably play San Ramon Valley in the semifinals next week in Danville. Oh, 100%. And, of course, Heritage has got a very, very good shot being that team. Remember, they have um, the first McDonald's All-American debater since Haley Jones, Amanda Muse. She's going to UCLA. Great scorer. One of the tops. Uh, rated players in our class so it could go a lot of different ways yeah it, it can I, I do think Cardinal Newman's going to be that team that makes it to the final four of NCS then has to go to Danville and play that powerhouse at San Ramon Valley now some other divisions you look up and down D1's got a good bracket too Clayton Valley's the one seed Merle Catholic's the two seed Cal's the three seed Monta Vista's the four Berkeley's the five Liberty is the six seed in Division One, I think that's a very interesting place. I was expecting, honestly, Amador Valley to be a bit higher. They did beat Berkeley that one time by four points, and I was expecting them to be a bit higher. But they have to—they have their hands full. Murrow Catholic is a tough team. Kellen Hampton, great two-way player, athletic, explosive. Uh, Mer- if Murrow Catholic and Bishop O'Dowd win, that uh, quarterfinal meeting is going to be really interesting. I know they would love to face each other again. That. The way Murrow Catholics played over this last month, they've they're playing their best basketball at the right time of the season. They beat Folsom last month, that powerhouse that only had one loss going into that matchup on that Saturday showcase. Now look over Murrow is Callan Hampton's playing well, the Gaddick Lee, Jesse Barra, Kevin Chapman. Obviously, you've got the legendary Frank Knight as your coach. I I'm liking Murrow Catholic to make a run in D1. But what are your thoughts on Division One and how you think it shakes out in the end? I like Moreau Catholic and Bishop down the next round, but I also think that Monta Vista and Berkeley could be interesting. Two good coaches, Nick Jones, Mike Hudson. That's going to be a very interesting matchup. I do think Clayton Valley will make a return back to the finals. They're the defending D1 champions. So I am favoring them again with all their pieces they've got, but I wouldn't be surprised if a Moreau Catholic or a Monta Vista or a Cal made a run. 
I'm going to go Moreau Catholic wins the division one bracket. I like the athleticism, the way they're playing this type of basketball at this type of year. And some of the seniors that have really stepped up for them too. I think it's Moreau Catholic's time to get back on top of the NCS. And then you look at up and down some other divisions, D2, Camp Lindo's the one seed. Windsor's the four seed after winning its league, beating Carlinman three times. Redwood's the two seed. Alameda's a seven seed and has a really tough road because they have to travel to Ukiah on Wednesday, the 10 seed. Then let's say they beat Ukiah. Then they have to play Redwood on Saturday evening. And then lost you could three seeds. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Lost Lom- Go ahead on Lost Lomas. Yeah, three seed, right? They've got some big wins over the last week and a half where they beat Camp Lindo and Clayton Valley. And now they're a three seed in Division Two. That's another very, very intriguing division. I, I got to think that's probably one that might be fun under the radar a little bit just because of open division and D1. But I'm really, really intrigued to see how this D1 or D2 bracket goes. I think Los Lomas is a sleeper team. So is Alameda. Alameda, uh, first year head coach Miles Tarver. He's done a good job leading them in a packed division with Bishop O'Dowd, Berkeley, Piedmont. But Los Lomas, they've stepped up in the big moments, beating Clayton Valley by double digits. They've beaten uh, Camp Lindo by double digits. Uh, they are the three seed. And I expect them to make it to the finals if they play the way they've been playing. That is going to be one bracket I think that shakes out in probably ways nobody expects. An Alameda potential matchup with Redwood on Saturday would would be one you probably don't want to miss for anybody. That would be a great atmosphere there in March, which I don't think I've actually seen a student section as big as Redwood. So that's something we'll have to talk about later in this season, down the postseason, maybe postseason, maybe just when the season's over. D3, Branson's the one seed. We've got San Marin's an eight seed, Piedmont's a four, Pinole Valley's a two. Piner, the three seed, getting the nod ahead of Piedmont when it comes to seeding in Division Three. I was a little surprised by that. I think, you know, Piedmont, they had a tough road, but they deserve to be a top three seed in that bracket. Of course, Pinole Valley's had some tough losses, but they played for some really good teams in the likes of Dublin, Salesian three times, and Oakland. So I want to say Pinole Valley – um, is going to play really tough, and they'll make it to the final, but I'm looking forward to Branson and Piedmont, assuming that matchup occurs in the quarterfinals next week. Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on with Division 32. I, I just think it's Branson's division to lose. I don't see Branson falling. But of course, though, I did pick against Panola Valley football in the fall, and look at what that did. They end up making a run to win each day, right? So maybe basketball does the same exact Thing. I think athletically they do match up well with the Branson. So I, I think that could be a game that does come down to those last four or five minutes and it gets really, really interesting. I just like Branson, what they've got inside, outside guard play wings and center George Gale. And you mentioned too, not having Gale earlier in the season, what he does with rim protection, leadership, and a lot of other qualities is something not a lot of teams have. Yeah, of course. And, um, their wing play is exceptional with Carr and Butler. Uh, Butler's a great defender with those offers he's got. George Gale is going to be a great player at the next level. And it looks like Branson, uh, I can see them making a run towards the state championship. Remember, they made it to the NorCal finals last year. They lost to, I believe, the eventual state champions in Elk Grove yep. uh, in the finals. So that was tough for them, but they're motivated and more hungry than ever to make it back there. 
What are some other things you're looking at when it comes to NCS? Any surprise picks, sleeper teams in any of these divisions? Well, for open, I think one of the sleeper teams, this is going to be a bit of a, uh, I think, San Ramon Valley. They've come very close to being these tough teams. They've lost to Doherty Valley by six, lost to um, De La Salle by four on a last-second um, buzzer beater, um, last-second shot. They've played Dublin really tough. They've played all these teams really tough, and they beat Granada. So if they can get over that hump, they're they're right there. They just need to get over that hump. They could make a – they could surprise a lot of people. If they win, they've got De La Salle. They've got that by sort of Doherty Valley. So it's going to be intriguing to see how this plays out. But I think this is, you know, Doherty Valley's um, bracket to lose given how dominant they've been all season. Yeah, it, it's the year of the Wildcat. We've said it before. We'll say it again. The stars are aligning for them this year, and they've got the team that has earned every star to align. And Blake Hudson – I know you posted about him on Saturday during that championship game. He's that just missing puzzle piece that makes Doherty Valley even more elite than it already was. Now they're, they could be on a track to winning the NCS Open Division and doing who knows after that. But Doherty Valley, I think, right now is it, it is the favorite, but San Ramon Valley is a team you don't want to sleep on. That game against Salesian in the first round on Thursday, Contra Costa College, albeit that one. That's a really, really interesting matchup in styles between both of those teams. I think both teams have the makeup to make a lot of noise when it comes to open division and then NorCal's. 100%. And, of course, the brackets, we don't know what can happen in NorCal. We saw Akalani's win NCS D2. They get pitted as the 16th seed in D1 in first round against Salesian. Uh, that was a tough matchup for them. Had they been placed in D2, one of the top uh, teams probably would have made the state. But who knows? Anything can happen in this league. Yeah, I can't. Anything can happen this time of year. That's why they call it March Madness in college basketball. Maybe February Madness in high school. I, I have no idea what the heck they call it. But a lot of crazy things can happen. Tonight, though, we've got a lot of great coverage coming your way. Six games covered. Noah is going to be – or you are at a game Thursday. My bad. I am I'm at a game Thursday. I'm yeah, a little bit busy. Now. Like, Thursday, yeah. You were at Corona. We're going to talk a lot. But tonight, I will be at Berkeley against Pittsburgh Boys Basketball. Five against the 12. Berkeley winning its first league title in 14 years. We've got Mariah is going to be at Bishop O'Dowd against Foothill. Matt's at Monta Vista. James Logan. Ethan is at San Marin against Kennedy of Fremont. We've got girls soccer coverage. Sacred Up Prep against Harker. And Senji Wilcox against those Gallows girls soccer. Maybe this reminds me before we wrap it up. Berkeley boys basketball, congratulations. First league title in 14 years. Nothing but juniors and freshmen under Mike Hudson. In a tough league where Bishop O'Dowd's really good. Piedmont's a really strong program. And Sam Lander also beat Bishop O'Dowd twice. So that's another team. You've got Alameda. Berkeley just made one of I don't even know how to say it, but one of the more impressive regular season runs that I can remember just in terms of how tough that league is. And that's probably just fun. Another league is fun under the radar because of how good the EBAL is this season. It's kind of been overshadowed by the EBAL given uh, the elite, uh, the eliteness that we've seen all season with, you know, buzzer beaters, crazy games. But the WACC is just as good as it gets with O'Dowd, Piedmont, Berkeley, and Alameda. Berkeley, I, I knew they were special when they beat O'Dowd for the first time since 2008. Uh, that feeling that, you know, this team had kind of, you know, O'Dowd had a stranglehold on this league for so many years. They finally broke that, and they're finally winning um, 
they're finally winning a league for the first time in over a decade. It was a really special sight to see. And when I saw me in Piedmont, they were down by 10 with six minutes left. They came back, stayed composed, Samir O'Brien, 14 points in that fourth quarter. They pull away 53 to 51. That's unbelievable stuff right there. That's Samir O'Brien's a great player. Jamari Wyman, he was out for a little bit. He's that two-way, really lengthy, athletic guy. I think he's going to be even better at the next level, too. He's another one of those pieces you can't replicate in practice. You can't replicate scout team, game planning, whatever it is. Ollie Miller, Will Polishek's a really tough guy, really tough player inside, too. I I think Berkeley's maybe the biggest sleeper pick in all NCS divisions, especially as the five seed. They are a team that could easily make a run in Division One and maybe shock the world some more. Because they, they won the WACC for the first time in 14 years. Beat Bishop O'Dowd. They beat Piedmont Comebacks. They beat Alameda. Is it the year of Berkeley? Because the buzz is sure back in every single sport, it seems like. And maybe Berkeley just adds a little bit more to its legacy when it comes to this 2022-2023 season. But everybody follow along. Subscribe at westcoastpreps.com. Check out all of our social media stuff at westcoastpreps underscore for all game coverage. But stay care. Take care. Stay safe. And enjoy the best time of the season when it comes to basketball and soccer.